Hey, Philo community. Welcome to episode seven of the Philo podcast. In case you're new to our little podcast, uh, we're here to help those of us involved in the technical arts at our local church so that we can become more effective at what we do, so that our churches can become more effective. One of the other ways we live out this idea of effectiveness is through the Philo Conference, which is coming up in less than a month. Oh my. We've still got a ton to do, but you know how it goes. It doesn't matter how much time you have. You kind of fill it up and then you pull a few all-nighters. I tell you what, being on the creative side and the execution side is kind of an interesting dynamic. One that as a tech person, I'm normally just on the execution side. Yeah, it's a whole new perspective on how things get done. Anyway, Philo Conference is going to be amazing. If you haven't signed up yet, you should. We've got some new information on our website. So if you're wondering, is this worth coming to, check it out. Uh, Firstinlastout.us. we got breakout teachers listed like Robert Scoville, Steph Cassetto, Andrew Stone, and a ton more. There's a lot of information about the schedule, hotels, all kinds of goodies. So check it out. Today's podcast is about using video during worship. And our guest is Rusty Anderson. He's a longtime supporter of Philo. He's been involved actually since the first year we did it. We did a Philo in Seattle and he was there. Anyway, he's the video director at Passion City Church in Atlanta, among other things. And we had a really great conversation that I'm excited for you to hear today. But before we get into today's topic, I wanted to share a quick message from one of our sponsors, High Vision. Many of you listening are technical directors who help facilitate the Global Leadership Summit at your church. And if you haven't heard of the GLS, it's a leadership event that's broadcast live from Willow Creek Church to around 150,000 people in North America a few days in August. One of the key components to the success technically of the broadcast has been High Vision, whose encoders provide several live streams and video on demand files for the host sites to use for playback. High Vision helps hundreds of ministries like the Willow Creek Association and Willow Creek Church to reach their viewers online every week, streaming to unite their multi-site congregations for a shared viewing experience. And the High Vision team is available 24-7 to help, especially on Sundays when we all need it. If you want to know more about sharing your message through video, visit highvision.com backslash faith. That's H-A-I-Vision.com backslash faith. Now let's get to our chat with Rusty. Wow, I think I'm probably going to mess up your title, but for the sake of my ignorance, we'll say leads the video team at Passion City Church in Atlanta. Welcome to the podcast, Rusty. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, titles are just words on a page, so it <laughs> sure, sounds good. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we'll have some business cards made up for you uh, with that on awesome. it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a, a better way to describe what you do? Well, maybe describe what you do, and then we'll... Come up yeah, with a title so from I guess there. my technical title, like on paper, is video producer. Okay. So I kind of have a weird mix that probably some of the people are listening probably have a similar mix in their job description, but I kind of oversee a lot of the content that we create oh, okay. um, from a post side at Passion City Church, so filming and editing. At the same time, also lead our live video team, lead our door holder teams, which is our volunteers for cameras for video directors, and then also lead our live video for conferences and speak into our tours and all kinds of things like okay, that. So wow. it's kind of foot in both worlds. Both sure. Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. You have a little bit more going on than I would say the average church. <laughs> uh, and I would even say like, so me being involved at uh, Willow Creek uh, for so many years, yeah, that you, you guys might have us beat on being busy, at least in January when the Passion Conference comes rolling around. Yeah. January is a, <laughs> it's a special month. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sure that's what your <laughs> wife would say too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another podcast. We'll we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, so I would love for us to maybe hear about kind of your journey, like how you started in production, what got you to Passion City, maybe sure. what you did between those two points, just to give us kind of a context for uh, the rest of our conversation. Sure. I'm trying to keep this brief, but <laughs> I, I kind of like to tell this story. I started church production, I guess it was like 11th or 12th grade of high school. All right. And we... Our church had just built this new building and we all did all this new stuff, cameras and screens. This was like 2001 or two. So it was pretty, it was brand new for us. Right. In like a small, smaller town outside of Atlanta. Anyway, so the, our music minister at the time was kind of leading this part of this transition into the new building. And uh, I was interested in his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he needed someone to run, <laughs> <laughs> to run PowerPoint. Uh-huh. And so I figured, hey, this is probably a great chance for me. So I learned how to do PowerPoint for like the rear screen. So basically the screen that the people on stage oh, could right. see to uh-huh. give them cues. Yeah, yeah. Started doing that. Started dating this daughter. Here we are. I guess that was 14 years ago. Okay. We've been married, married for 10 years. Nice. And I'm still doing production. So yeah. I thought you were going to say you're still doing PowerPoint. <laughs> nope, no PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. but Moved on, yeah. That is where I started. And then from that, just kind of just some great people in my life that poured into me and you know taught me little things along the way. So I started running camera, video directing a little bit there. We started out with just two cameras, then we went to three cameras. Sure, yeah. Um, so kind of a gradual process. I then went off to college, but we uh, kept commuting back to our home church, like 45 okay. minute drive. So we did that every week because we were part of the team and integral part of the Sundays there. Sure. Kept doing it, kept directing, and uh, eventually went off. So, I, I mean, in school, didn't study anything about production. Right. After school, went to seminary. Again, didn't study anything about production and kept doing live production at church. Sure. Seminary took us to Atlanta. And uh, at that point, we you know, were trying to find a new church home. About that point is when Passion City Church announced that they were going to be planning a church in Atlanta. Okay. And Passion had just been a huge mile marker for Kirsten's my wife, or me okay. and Kirsten's life in college, attending the conference. So we kind of figured this is like a great time. It just worked out. You know, we were looking for a new church and Passion starting. So we started going uh, the very first time Passion met. And then I guess probably within that first year, started getting involved in the production side at Passion City Church. Okay. All right. It was kind of a weird introduction. I think Passion was like really trying to build this door holder team for the church and trying to find people that could help do the production because they were having to hire a lot of hire a lot of the people out every week right right as the church was getting built and our church plant was very different than most like we started with you know a couple thousand people and five cameras and screens and stuff right like that. right yeah so pretty different so anyway i met with jonathan sheehan who was the production uh manager at that point and um, he saw that i had filled out the application and i had some experience directing so he said hey would you come direct for us Never okay. having seen me direct anything, <laughs> and I was terrified. Sure you were, yeah. But he said, you know, absolutely, this is what, what you guys need. So anyway, started directing, and I guess that was probably, gosh, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. Okay. And have been at Passion City ever since, directing, was involved with conferences, started out running camera, eventually started video directing our conferences, past four years, I think. Sure. Came on staff. I was freelance after seminary. Right, okay. Seminary, I thought I was going to go be a professor and teach Biblical studies. Oh, wow. God was calling, okay. calling me towards a different path, towards this church production side. So I decided to do that and went freelance for a few years. Was a door holder at Passion City Church for 
several years and then eventually came on staff two years ago. Okay. Had been, had been here Has since, it been two so. years already? Wow. Two years, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I heard that you were uh, leaving the freelance world and going there. That doesn't seem like two years ago, but yeah, nice. Good job. Just real quick, you keep saying the phrase door holder. Maybe you could just sure. kind of explain how you define that at Passion City and what that really means. Yeah, definitely. So we have a lot of language things that are yeah. could be could be kind of odd to the outsider, but um, we just want to be intentional about kind of what we're what we're saying. And so sure. we say door holder because we want to paint the picture for people who come to help us and who are plugged into our church that we are people who have been on the inside and we have seen Jesus. Now we want to be able to stay on the outside and hold the door for people, other people to experience him. Right. Okay. Um, and so that's that's kind of the the wordplay that we that we use door holder. Okay. Is um. It's, it's what you would call a volunteer, sure. Um, but we call them door holders. Yeah. Okay, nice. I'm trying to remember. Do we meet the first time? Were you on tour with somebody? Maybe Chris yeah, Tomlin so or something right. like that. Yeah, doing that freelance world. I, I toured with Chris Tomlin and also helped with like passion music, just right, on some right. of our global tours. Sure. Um, video directing concerts all over the world. So yeah, I toured with Tomlin for I think I want to say three years. Okay, all right. And it was a great time. Learned a lot. Incredible experience. Great people um, on that tour, for sure. Incredible people. Chris is great. And then just Louie and Shelly have been incredible as far as leadership in our lives. And so that was awesome. It was, it was kind of an easy transition from church to that, back to church, to conference. It was all kind of related. Yeah, one big thing. One big thing. And then as we started to have kids, the touring became a little more difficult. So that's when we <laughs> stopped <laughs> stopped the road life and right. went more to a full-time at church. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. My life is kind of backwards for most. I'm, <laughs> I was working at a church for 25 years. I mean, in a church for 25 years. And then, you know, my kids are all... I have a daughter going to college mm-hmm. this year. I have a 21-year-old son. Like, I'm just in a different phase of life. And so now is when I'm traveling all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, it's yeah. totally strange. I'm curious, uh, what I'd love to talk about, just combining this idea of local church, IMAG, Passion City is not a small place. And so, you know, side screens with showing what's happening on stage. Yeah. Is there a philosophy that Passion City has for IMAG or is it a philosophy or value system that you bring to the table, uh, regardless of who's asking for it? I mean, I would just love to know what those are yeah. and maybe how you implement those. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think it's something that's probably ever evolving for us. Sure. Like uh-huh. Trying to adapt to the times. But I think there are definitely some things that we would consider pretty foundational. Some of those things really are the same foundational things for just photography in general. Okay. Like a good frame or a good composition. Right. Is a good frame or good composition. You know, there are certain rules, rules of thirds, right. proper headroom, like things like that that we want to shape how we do it. And those aren't like strict rules. Like there are occasions where you can yeah, break be creative the rules. with some yeah. of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we still want those, we want to know those things so that they, they kind of, that we work from that and then decide when it's appropriate to sure. break those rules. Right, right. Yeah, it's one thing to know the rules so that you know when you're breaking them um, right, as yeah. opposed to having no rules at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. One of the things that, interesting things that we deal with um, the passion is, so I, generally IMAG, like you said, image magnification is all about when you're in a big room, giving tighter shots on screen so people can see what's like, see the emotion of what's happening on stage. Right, right. Especially me in the early years, it was all about, I want to be tight, tight, tight. I want to make sure that person in the back of the room can really see the emotion that the worship leader is trying to express sure, or even okay. the, the emotion your pastor is trying to express, right? Uh-huh. There's a, so much of what we say is nonverbal. Right, right, right. And so 
iMag is great to help show that. Sure. So that's hugely important. But I also started to learn, especially when you're in bigger rooms, I think probably being in arenas helped me learn this, but I think it also applies to, to church auditoriums, is that there are a lot of people who always go sit in the front section. Right. And if right. you're in the front, if you're in the front row, like you can see the person on screen pretty well. Right. What you miss out on is the corporate experience sometimes, you know? Right. Yeah. You don't know what's and happening so, behind you. Exactly. You don't know right, what right. it feels like from a wide shot perspective. So I, one thing I've had to learn is like, there is a place for wide shots in IMAX. Okay. Sure. To help people understand like there are other people in the room besides just the person on stage and, and you. Right. Right. And when, when you use that correctly, you can really enhance your experience to understand sure. that I'm part of something bigger um, that's happening. Right. And of course that definitely plays for if you're if you're broadcasting to another location or to TV, you definitely want to show kind of that wide that wide scope. Right, right. Yeah, you said a word there that was one of my favorite production words, which is enhance. Mm-hmm. That really there's part of what we do and you know talking about iMag in this particular instance that what we're trying to do is take what's happening and enhance it. We don't want to change it. We don't want to make it other than it was intended to be, but yep. we're trying to make it, I don't want to say better, but we're, we're trying to help it be all it can be in the context of the space we're in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Sometimes like when I talk about it, it almost it sounds like, like too abstract, but I, I do think like definitely when it comes to like a pastor's sermon right. or even a particular song, there's a story already being told, you know, and as my job, like my job as the person coming in to video direct it isn't to decide what the story is. It's to right. tell the story that's already happening. Sure. Right. And so when I listen to a music or listen to a song before the event, as I'm like prepping, there are th- movements in that song. There are things happening and I can already kind of p- picture like what moments are, are like slow and intimate. What moments are more upbeat? I want to, if the band's bringing energy, I want to match their energy. Right, right. Whether that's high or low energy. So yeah, you definitely, it's all about supplementing what's already happening, enhancing what's already happening, and letting what what's there to kind of dictate what we do. Sure, right. Uh, maybe it's an extreme example of this and might date me a little bit, but back in the days of drama in church, I can remember at Willow Creek, especially you're in the 7,000 seat room, no one can see the eyes of the actors, you know, right. really. Um, so they're all relying on facial expressions and everything on iMag. And so even a lot of times there would be, you would need to get the reaction of the person who is listening oh, right, to the dialogue. Yeah. And you just, each service that would happen, you know, so we would do three identical services. You would start to see if we miss that shot, it changes the whole vibe of what's happening on stage. Totally. And so, yeah, it's so interesting how much there is a story happening on stage and we're trying to just help tell that story, not tell a different one, yeah. but how easy it is to tell a different story just by That's so true. By the camera shots you're choosing or the pace that you're going or... Yeah, and I guess another question, when people ask me, you know, should we do iMag? You know, generally, if you're asking mm-hmm. the question, but you probably shouldn't. Yep. You know, your room's not big enough or... The other thing is, to me, I usually say, Video done poorly can be the most distracting thing we can do. You know, if it's not done well, it's yeah. people are just going to be thinking about how you're missing all the shots and yeah, totally. whatever. Especially, I totally agree. And especially this day and age when, I mean, almost everybody that comes to your church 
is watching lots of TV. Right. <laughs> they're, watching, yeah. they're watching good TV, especially right, right. these days. I mean, there's so much, so much yeah. great content out there. And movies are just, you know, getting better and better. And there's so many, especially like, there's so many musical performances that are on TV these days with award shows. Right. People going to concerts and there's, there's iMag in the, you know, on screens at the concerts. So like, right. they're used to good stuff. Yeah. And if you're not able to give them something that's good, it's, it's definitely worse than not giving them anything at all. <laughs> right. Well, and especially thinking about even like a message, maybe more so than music. You know, if you're yeah. not if you're not keeping the pastor in frame or not going totally. to the flip chart or the graphic when you're supposed to, you know, now people are thinking about that instead of the content of the message. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. At your church, who's on the team? How do you go about doing IMAG at Passion City? Is there a uh, whole group of staff people? Is there, you know, like, you know, camera one is always a paid person or I, I'd just be mm-hmm. curious the makeup of your, of your crew and maybe even how many cameras yeah. you have and that kind of thing. Yeah. So currently we have most Sundays we have five cameras for some special events. You might add one or two. Sure. And the current setup is we have three sticks, two at front of house, one slash that's house, right. Okay. On tripods. We have a jib house left. Um, we have a handheld camera on stage Okay, that's like wired camera. Sure. And sometimes we'll add a wireless. So pretty often we'll have um, six total. Okay. So that's how we do it. And then also currently it's, it's all door holders. Um, I'm the only one that's on staff okay. that, that video directs or runs a camera. Uh, so every Sunday is, and I don't even direct every Sunday. I may direct once every two, three, or four weeks, depending on the okay. season. So if you were to come to Passion City Church on a given day, most likely it is the entire video team is door holders. Oh, wow. From graf- graphics to cameras to directors to sometimes we have assistant directors, shading, all of that. Yeah, the, okay. Um, yeah, door holders that we train. And uh, we have rotations of, of teams. So like a team will generally serve with – like a team will stay together and they'll serve once every three weeks. So right, we have okay. colors like red team, blue team, oh, green sure. team. Oh, sure. Yeah, team. yeah. They'll just rotate through. So you get used to – your team, you, you build like a um, camaraderie with each other and you kind of know how your director works. It helps build some stability sure, um, and consistency. But um, yeah, it's mostly door holders. It's, okay. it's, it's great. It's challenging, <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, it's fun to get to do what we love uh, with other people, especially sure. people that, yeah. that are just love to be there and love to be a part of the church. So Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I feel like I tell this story a lot, so I'm just going to make it my story that Todd always tells. Uh, But uh, I had lunch with the original tech guy from Willow Creek Church. This goes back a couple of years. And I remember I wanted to ask him, like, what's the what was the secret to, you know, deciding that production was going to matter and how much, you know, all the values you had and the mission statement and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was just looking for kind of a soundbite answer to, you know you know, what's the secret to great production in the local church? And he really didn't give me what I was looking for. And, but the thing he did say, which has stuck with me and I repeat it all the time is he had a friend that was doing the worship side of things and they were great buddies. And they said, Hey, let's do this as, you know, like if we're going to do this, let's do it the best we possibly can. Let's make it amazing and let's do it together. And that yeah, was that great. was pretty much it. And I think there's so much about that that still resonates with me. And I think, you know, you're doing uh, Passion City. I mean, you're doing great work, which is probably, you know, in some respects why people 
want to be on the team initially. Sure. Uh, but then, you know, you're doing it together with the same people every third week. And you, I mean, you pretty soon the, yeah, we're doing something amazing is like a side note to the, where you get to do it together. Yeah. That's a great word. I mean, yeah. it definitely is, it builds great community and yeah, it's just, it's special when you get to, you get to do it with people who are consistent and you do life together and we get to learn things about each other that are, you know, that are non-production related. And, sure. Yeah you know, pray for each other and carry each other through hard times and celebrate great times. And right. it kind of makes it all worth it. Do you create extra times for people and teams to get together? Or does most of kind of the life that you're living together happen on a weekend, the weekend you're serving? Yeah, I would say, I mean, most of it happens on the weekend. Sure. Um, uh-huh. We we ask our teams, to, so we have two morning gatherings and then a 5 p.m. gathering. And okay. So, um, that same team serves all day. So there's a okay. lot of time built into the day where you sure. eat breakfast together, eat lunch together. Maybe during that uh, afternoon gap, you might go to the coffee shop together, hang out. Right, okay. But then we also do a few times a year schedule uh, production team nights for vision and just kind of training purposes. Each team has a team lead. Okay. Um, and we encourage those team leads to, I've had people over to my house every, every, you know, occasionally and we'll just right. do a cookout and kind of hang out. That's been great. Sure. And then recently, recently we've just started... Um, once a month, we, we meet and we call it Creative Nights. Okay. And it's really for anybody that considers himself a creative at Passion City Church. It could be creative in the sense of that you're on the production team. Right. Um, it could be you're on the worship team, or it could be you don't serve on either team, but you're an interior designer or a graphic designer okay. or you're a filmmaker. Nice. And so we all, we all come together. And in those nights, part of it is breaking up into your kind of subgroups. And one of those subgroups might be the camera team. Sure. Okay. Um, we'll get some hangout time there. So that's yeah. Been, it's been really great so far. Yeah, that is cool. So you've got the red teams up this weekend, let's say. I mean, how are you preparing them for the weekend ahead? Is there a rehearsal that happens during the week? Are you sending out emails, just using Planning Center kind of as the way to give out information? Yeah, we. Um, in some ways, I, I would bet that we are not not the norm. Sure. So we <laughs> the, the band rehearses on, during the week, on the weeknight, okay. but there's no production uh, there for that. It's just the okay. band kind of going through the set list. Sure. So on a given week, on a Wednesday or Thursday, you would get the planning center email that has some instructions for the day. It would have the, the set list and kind of the flow of the gathering, how it's going to go. If there's a new song, there'd be a link for you to kind of listen to that new song. Okay. Most of the songs are readily, readily available on Spotify or something like that. Sure, but okay. If it was something new, we would provide that. Okay. Um, so we encourage our team members to, especially our directors, you know, have listened through the songs, make sure you're familiar with it before you show up on Sunday. Right. Um, if there's any sort of special creative element, we'll kind of give them a heads up um, about what that might look like. Uh-huh. Um, if, if there's a video we made, we might send them a link to the video so they can, they can see it before they show up. But then on a Sunday, we do, like we have rehearsal time on a Sunday, but it's, it's not like a cue to cue, you know, beginning to end kind of rehearsal. It's um, sure. the band may touch the course of the second song and they might go through, go back and do the intro of the first one. Uh, okay. The third song, they might do the whole thing through, you know, it just kind of depends. It's different every week. It's really what the band needs. Okay. Um, what the band needs. Yeah. Right. And then sometimes, you know, for the, our response song, they might have two options at the rehearse, but then when it comes time to the response, they'll do one they didn't rehearse. Sure. Um, okay. It's, it's pretty, it can, it can, it's, I mean, it's not like, it doesn't change all the time. Sure. But we do like, we want our people to be, uh, we want our door holders in production to be trained enough and to be confident enough in, in their ability and in their role that we can be flexible. So that when something sure, does right. change, it doesn't, you know, just send us off the deep end. It's uh, we can handle um, changes because we're prepared. 
Sure. I mean, we definitely like try to prepare people as much as possible, but uh, it's definitely not a cue to cue rehearsal um, as far as right. that goes. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think you're by adding a rehearsal or a cue to cue rehearsal or, you know, in the middle of the week rehearsal, now you're asking a little bit more from people. Yeah. It would be interesting to see, you know, what is the, what's your fall off rate of volunteers because you've added an extra night to try and get better at something. And so now you're maybe having a less skilled team, but yeah, they're be. more rehearsed. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, I, you know, there's probably a trade-off point somewhere in there. Sure. In the beginning parts of our conversation, you know, just kind of talking about, you know, distracting iMag is worse than no iMag at all. Without a ton of rehearsal, how do you feel like, I mean, is there a kind of a formula mm-hmm. that yeah. you follow? Or is it uh, as far as camera one is always doing this kind of thing and the jib is always getting these shots and we know that camera five is our bailout if, we, you know, if we're a little bit turned around? Yeah. Or are we okay with, okay, the first service is going to be a little bit choppy, but we're going to take great notes and the second service will be awesome? Definitely the goal is that the first gathering would be as great as every other gathering. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely things that we learn. We have some formula things. If I can think of a few examples, like we will definitely try to zone out cameras, like if possible. Right. If we know like song one, two, and three, could they could have a different worship leader for each song. And so we'll try to plan out, hey, we want camera two to be on the lead uh, for song one, camera one Uh on song two. And sometimes we'll usually like during rehearsal, we'll get camera one and two, show me Christian. And we'll see who has the best angle that morning. Sure. um, Okay. And say, okay, you have the better composition and angle. You'll be on Christian. And then we'll kind of go down to whoever's leading songs and figure out who should be on who. Okay. All right. And then there are different things like the jib um, is pretty much a wide shot 80% of the time. Uh, sure, yeah. And that's just kind mainly, of zooming back and forth. Yeah, just keeping it wide for us to bail, bail between songs and to right. create energy during big moments. And part right. of that is because our tight shots just don't look great. We don't have a lot of pretty stuff in the background to make that tight okay. shot interesting, you know? So you kind of, <laughs> you work with what you have, you know? Sure, yeah. And then we'll listen to songs. And if, if a song is more keys heavy, we might make sure our, our roaming camera is on the key key side of the stage versus the drum side of the stage. We'll kind of map it out best we can during rehearsal. Sure. Okay. As far as like camera placement goes. And then other things that I try to tell our directors is you just want to make, like I want to make sure on the first syllable of the verse, I see the worship leader on the first yeah. syllable of the chorus. I see the worship leader. You know, I want to make sure that sure. We're, we're leading people to where the tension needs to go. Right. And then on, on turnarounds, there's one that we can cut quickly away to an instrument shot and then cut back to a vocal. If it's a, a new song, I want the worship leader on screen a lot at the beginning because they're trying to teach this new song. Maybe the entire right. first verse, you just stay on the worship leader. And you can do different angles, different cameras of the worship leader, but we want to make sure that, we'll, that we're helping people learn the song. And as people get sure, used right. to it, then we'll cut around a little bit more. So there's yeah, some things like that that we try to follow. So it's pretty consistent. Sure. And is that some things that you uh, have set up and implement, or is there somebody else saying, "Hey, this is how we want it to be," or is it maybe a combination of you know working with other people? Yeah, I would say it's a combination. It's definitely a team effort. So sure, I would help in the initial training of our video directors, and as our as new people are coming on, maybe someone else is training them. You know, they've kind of they understand that as well. Right, um, right. And then I always want to make sure that the things that I that I hold important. Our production manager also holds as important and our producers hold as important too. So we're kind of coming at it as a team. So 
right, right. if I'm not able to be there on a Sunday or if I'm doing something else in some other part of the house, the producer can speak into that. Right. And it's a similar language right. uh, that the volunteers would know. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Nice. Now, going from week to week and different directors and different crews, like how do you keep it consistent? Like what is it maybe just some of what we were just talking about where you're everybody knows the values and so it's real easy for us to keep it consistent or are you mostly there all the time chiming in or what's the yeah that's, that's the timing of that question is pretty incredible because we're we're starting to kind of talk through some of this stuff recently and trying to figure out some things that maybe we should change or what can we do better uh-huh. to be more consistent because it's it is difficult when you don't have like my only job on staff is not video directing so there may right. be a stretch where I haven't actually directed in five or six weeks. I haven't sure. been there to speak into it. So we've been trying to talk through that. What does that look like? How do we how do we make it more consistent? Right. And I definitely think it's especially if if you're talking about video directors, that's a, a smaller team for us. You know, we, right. it would be better for us to have a few directors who are really really know that, know that brand and can carry that brand out than it is to have a lot of video directors and it's harder to make sure everybody's on the same page. Sure, right. Um, so I think one of the things we're, we're working on is really um, solidifying who our video directors are and then making sure that we're, we're giving them what they need to do the job well, that we're uh, getting them right. prepared, we're giving them the resources and instruction they need and, and the communication they need to make sure that they understand what we're looking for. So sure, not, yeah. Because um, one of the most frustrating things is to want to do a good job but not to know what a good job is. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think for us, it's all these things that uh, we're talking about composition and the, some of the, I guess, procedural things or what are, what are our brand things. Right. Making sure everybody's clear on those. Right. Yeah. I think, too, just even the, you know, to talk about consistency, you know, there's something about doing it every week. You know, like, let's say you were mm-hmm. the one doing it every week. Well, nothing's as consistent as that. Sure. And so you'll never, you never get more consistent than just having one person doing it. And so, yeah, it's it's trying to weigh out the oh, again the, the value of okay, we want it to be consistent, but how inconsistent can it be and still be consistent sure. enough? And yeah, still be okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And we we've just just recently like launched our second location, so that that's a whole new like. Well, obviously, even if I were to do it every week, I can't do two locations every week. Um, so as we expand, we have to build those those structures and those under, those guidelines so that people can, so we can be consistent even across locations. Sure. Do you have like a manual that's written out with all this stuff, or is it all just come in, shadow, uh, watch us do it? Uh, you know, sit next to me. I'll sit next to you. Um, or how is it that you're transferring all this knowledge to new door holders? Yeah, up until this point, it has been just shadow. Uh, let's, you know, you watch me, let's do it together. I watch you, then you do it by yourself kind of thing. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think as we're, as we're growing and doing multiple locations, that we're starting to see the weakness, weaknesses in that. Sure, and so yeah. We're, gonna, yeah, we're working towards um, at least getting some stuff on paper and some stuff, some training materials so that, everyone starts from the same place and so that you know we have directors who have been directing for five years but maybe there's that one thing they haven't heard in three years right right so if we have that written down somewhere it's easy for people to go back and get refreshed on what our brand is and what our what we're expecting so yeah i think it's uh, we're learning the importance of that and we're working towards that so 
I'm sure there's a lot of churches out there that could have told me that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you can, that'd be great. Yeah, it is so interesting. When I was leading the production team at Willow, there were some values that I wanted, uh, you know, that mattered to me that I wanted the rest of us to know or to all be on the same page. And so part of it is, you know, you have a meeting where you're talking about it. Well, not everyone's there. And yeah. so, uh, you know, we started recording these meetings just so everybody could listen to, you know, hear the same things. But there is something really uh, useful about even saying, hey, read this. And then at the end, we'll both sign it so that we can say, yeah, we're all starting from the same page. It's such a healthier way to start out than to enter into feedback and critique and all this stuff without some guidelines to say, hey, remember, we talked about that this really matters and right. this doesn't matter as much. And That's great. If you had somebody coming to you and saying, hey, I want to start doing iMag at my church, uh, you know, what camera should I buy? I would imagine that you would not uh, necessarily answer the question with which camera you should buy, but uh, more, uh, you know, tell me why you want to do this. And is there like a piece of advice you can give that you would give a church that's thinking about it or, you know, something that you've noticed that really has helped your situation at Passion City that you think uh, this has been the most helpful thing? I definitely like whenever I go lead at like breakouts or conferences or even at Philo, that's like the number yeah. one question. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it's such a difficult question to answer. Right. I, I definitely all, often answer like, why? Like, why do you think you need right. it? You know, what yeah. is your room like? You know, do you have sightline issues? Are you doing overflow to a different room? Like, this, you know, different kind of questions like that. Because all those, right. how you answer all those questions really dictates what should you and then what kind of IMAG you should do. Right, right. What we talked about earlier about making sure that you can, once you start, you can do it well. Is It's right. hugely important. Yeah. And that, I mean, that really depends. Like even that, I'd have to think long and hard about, you know, can I do it well with one camera? Probably right. not, you know, like, yeah. can I do it well with two cameras? Maybe, it's, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. And then once you get into that, it's, yeah, if your room is really big, you need really expensive lenses and cameras. And so can you afford all that? Right. I think it would be a poor use of resources to to go buy the equipment that doesn't really fit your room just because you think you need iMac. It'd be better to wait, wait a little while until you can get what fits that room well. So you can, if your if your goal is to really express that emotion, express those uh, facial expressions, and that's the nonverbal stuff that's happening, you got to be able to get to like a shoulders up kind of shot. That, right, has, to, right. that has to be in your repertoire of your gear. Right. Um, so I guess I don't know. Those are all things that I, I, I consider. Yeah. Also, it's you know lighting. If you go, so, oh, if, if you just <laughs> buy cameras but you don't have good lighting, then what? Right. You, that's a huge waste of money because right. every movie you go watch it. Anything you go watch, if you go watch other churches online, especially during the, the pastor or the sermon, lighting is hugely important. That can be the most right. distracting thing. Yeah, you know what? Maybe just not a long conversation about it because I lighting for video is my one of my favorite topics of uh, all time. Yeah. But how much say do you have in lighting? If lighting isn't working for your cameras, mm -hmm. do you have the ability to say, "Hey, I need some help here"? Or yeah, how much do you? How much are you able to speak into lighting? Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're super blessed here at Passion because everybody just really understands that we're all trying to enhance the same thing. So if, sure, right. Um, Chase is our lighting, des lighting designer here, and he's uh -huh. he's always interested in how his how the lights look on screen because he knows that a lot of people are looking at the screens. 
Um, sure. So he has a he wants a multi view next to his console so he can like check stuff all the time. So okay, it's it's awesome oh, that he awesome. cares about yeah. it. You know, it makes it, right. it makes it easy to have those conversations. Right. Um, but we do like we do definitely. No, I won't say we fight the battle, but we are constantly thinking about how does it feel in the room versus how does it feel on camera. Right. And sometimes right, right. we we just want it to feel right in the room, and well, right. that means the camera shot might suffer a little bit. Now we don't want the camera shot to look terrible. Right. Um, but if we need to lean one way or the other, we yeah. might lean towards the room. Now, in other cases, if we know uh, two years ago at Passion Conference and this year coming up, we're going to be in three locations at the same time broadcasting live. Uh, sure. So if you're in one arena and the speakers in your arena, there actually might be twice as many people watching it on screen right. somewhere yeah. else. So in that moment, we want to make sure the room feels good, but the broadcast needs to look really good at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of letting the circumstances help speak into that are huge. And maybe on that note, just maybe to back up to, you know, the asking the questions of iMag, you know, for me, the biggest thing is if you have a need, then let's start buying gear and figuring out how we're going to do it. I just think about my own example. So we ran out of space and we needed to create a separate venue. Yeah. Yeah. We, okay. Now let's start buying gear and figure out how we're going to do this. But if it's just a nice idea... I mean, totally. there's so many yeah. better ways to spend money. It's like a money pit, uh, the video side of things. Absolutely. If you need it, let's do it and awesome. But if you don't, oh my goodness. Yeah, the amount of money you could spend and still not really have a great product at the end of it. Yeah. If you have a need, go for it. Totally. If it just seems like a cool idea, whew, well, yeah, go home early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Take a vacation or something, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's been a great conversation. I think about it often. Uh, so you've been to two Philos. You've taught breakouts at two different ones. And I think we've maybe seen each other a total of five minutes yeah. <laughs> uh, across those two things. So maybe one of these days soon we'll actually like have coffee or something. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for taking time uh, and uh, yeah, talking to us uh, today on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks great. for having me. Yeah. I love the part of the conversation where Rusty talked about how everyone on the team knows that they're all trying to enhance the same thing. Oh man, just a great reminder that the technical arts are a team sport. We need each other. We need to work together for the benefit of the whole service. It's not just a bunch of silos working independently. We need each other. Thanks. Thanks again, Rusty, for joining us. And maybe just a quick editorial note. Uh, Rusty and I had our conversation when it was still 2017. So he was referring to the passion conferences uh, that were happening or coming up. He was talking about the one that just happened earlier this year. So just want to make sure we were clear on that. He wasn't predicting the future for the passion conference 2019 or anything like that. Anyway, all right, that's it for this episode. I think we got one more of these before we'll see each other at Philo Conference. So if you haven't signed up, please do it now, and we'll see you there. Bye.